Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 27. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Isn't it interesting of the 30,000 people crucified on the cross by the hands of Rome, only one of them is remembered in all of history. Shouldn't that tell us something? Only one, and that would be Jesus. Why? Because he was different from all the others. Because he didn't deserve to die a death on the cross. He was innocent of all charges. He was sinless and perfect. He was the son of God. Jesus died on the cross to purchase the salvation for all people. Well, the Bible says that Jesus died that we might live. He died that we might live. Amen, saints? You see, so Jesus is, and Jesus alone is, of all these 30,000 people, all of history has been changed. Because of one man. Now, there's a verse in John chapter 2, verse 12. And I'm sure you've heard it. Look it up in your own time. But, but I'm sure you've heard this verse. It says, if I be lifted up, if you know the verse, say it with me. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. Many, many people, that verse is used very often. Many, many people misquote that verse. And whenever I hear that verse misquoted, it drives me bananas. Because many people use that verse and they'll say, well, we need to lift Jesus up. We need to lift him up higher. Come on, saints, let's lift the Lord up. Let's give him some praise. Let's give him higher and higher and higher praise. Because the Bible says if we lift him up, he will draw men unto us. So let's lift him up in praise and in worship. Listen, I do believe that Jesus needs to be, should be, and God's people should lift him up in praise and worship. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. There's no question about that. But that is not what that verse is teaching. That verse is talking about if Jesus is lifted up on the cross, dying for the sins of the world, it's by this act of dying on the cross that all men will be drawn to him. You understand that? It's by Jesus being lifted up on the cross. And dying for the sins of the world. That when people look to the cross, they will see Jesus, that he died for them, and they will be drawn to him by that. Remember Jesus said in John chapter 3, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. Jesus said that. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, as Moses lifted up that serpent... And the people were being bitten by snakes. And they were dying. And Moses said, if you will by faith look up to that brass serpent. And by faith, put your faith, just look at, look at that brass serpent. You will be saved. Jesus said, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. 
And if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. In other words, if men will look at Jesus by faith on the cross and put their faith in him, they will be saved. That verse is talking about the salvation of souls. Well, notice in verse 27, in chapter 27, notice the soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium. Now, if you're taking notes, the praetorium was Pilate's headquarters in Jerusalem, and the Roman guard or the Roman army was stationed there as well. They were actually stationed in an area known as the Antonio Fortress. And in John chapter 18, verse 28, it tells us that the Jews wouldn't go inside, the Jewish elders and religious people, they wouldn't go inside the praetorium because they did not want to be defiled because there were Jewish Roman soldiers there. And they didn't want to be defiled. I find that interesting because here they are not wanting, that's why Pilate had to come out to them. Now here they are not wanting to go into the praetorium because they did not want to be defiled, but yet outside they are crucifying the Lamb of God. Isn't that an amazing thing? They're, they're crucifying the Lamb of God, and yet they won't go inside because they don't want to, you know, you know go near the, the, the Roman soldiers like, like they're going to get Gentile cooties or something like that, you know. Interesting how religious people are, religious folks, so petty. And so it's in this area that a bunch of soldiers decide to play, as we read it in our text, they decide to play a game of comic king. And for them, it's all in the day's work as they begin to mock and pay homage to the king. And notice in verse 28 in your Bibles, look at verse 28. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Notice they stripped him and they put a scarlet robe on him. Did you notice that? Remember, Jesus had already been scourged. Think about that. Beaten with the cat of nine tails. His skin is raw. He's hamburger meat. Isaiah told us that he has no form, no comeliness that we should desire desire him. So he's, his skin is peeling off and he's lacerated and, and beaten and bloody beyond all recognition. And it's at this point that they take off his clothes that are left on him and they put on him a scarlet robe. How painful is that? That's almost like putting salt in a wound. Because, you know, when you, you ever have a bad abrasion, a really, really bad abrasion, you don't want to put anything on it. Look, don't come near me. Well, they took a scarlet robe and they put it on Jesus. And then notice they twisted a crown of thorns and they jammed it on his head. And this was no doubt to mock the crown worn by a real king. Genesis chapter 3 verse 17 for you Bible students, it says this, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. So we learn from Genesis chapter 3 that part of the curse, listen at this, part of the curse when Adam fell was thorns and thistles. Here we have Jesus crowned with the curse of the earth. They took the, this mock scepter out of his hands and they beat the thorns into his skull. Now, here I want to show you something. Wait a minute, i got to be very careful. I want to show you something here. Here is a real crown of thorns. 
When we purchase this in the box, it's actually covered in like a, a lacquer or something like that just to maintain it and keep it. But this is a, a real crown of thorns. And when we purchase this in the box, it has a huge warning. Be very, very, very careful. These spikes, like I'm holding it in the right place because yesterday I put it up here and I, I, I practiced and where, where I would put my hands and so I wouldn't stick myself because these are very, very, very sharp. People after service even came up and, and I said, don't touch it, you'll get cut with this thing. Now, can you imagine they put this on Jesus' head? Are you listening to me say amen? amen. Uh, they put this on Jesus' head. And because it is so sharp, because it is so dangerous, they couldn't even push it down on his head. They had to take the scepter and, and, and use that scepter to push it down on his head, which would further just cause unbelievable and unspeakable injury. So they put a reed in his hand, and that reed was like a mock scepter. And notice in your text, they bow before him in mockery. Did you see that? Little did they realize that one day they were going to do this again before him. Don't you know? Philippians chapter 2 verse 10 says, At the name of Jesus, if you know it, say it with me. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall and every tongue shall that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. These Roman soldiers, they're bowing before him and mocking him. Oh, you think you're the king. Oh, hail to the king. They don't realize that someday Jesus is going to return, not as a suffering savior, but as a conquering king. And the Bible says it's in that day that every knee shall what? Bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. They don't even realize it, but one day they're going to bow before this king. No idea. And then notice they spat in his face, which to me, that would have been the end of it. <laughs> it would have been at that point, I would say, you know what, enough is enough. And Jesus, he had all power, don't y'all realize? He had all power. He could have done whatever he wanted to do. He didn't have to deal with this. He did not have to deal with this. He had all power. He could have turned them into lizards. He could have, de- he could have said... Be gone. And they would have just been gone. And, 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 and he could have done a lot of things. But he didn't. And can you imagine spit running down the face of God? You know, with one word, Jesus could have called legions of angels who would have come to his rescue. He could have said, you know what, that's enough. If this is the verdict of my people to crucify me and the cruelty of the Gentiles discourage me, then forget about it. But why did he do it? Remember Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame. And then Isaiah chapter 50, the Gospels don't tell us this, but Isaiah chapter 50 tells us that he gave his face and they plucked out his beard. They plucked out his beard. Can you imagine if you've ever had a beard, how painful it is for someone to pull your beard? This, I used to, if you've been around here in Calvary, you know I used to have a beard. And, and, and I love to hold babies and, and hold children. And, and, and every now and then you get one of those children who you hold them and, oh, he's so cute. What a nice little baby. And they reach over and they grab the hair on your face and they pull. 
And I'm like, okay, mommy, here's your evil little baby back. I mean, no, I mean, here's... <laughs> it hurts. And they pulled Jesus' beard from his face. They, they, they spat on him and pulled his beard and they mocked him and they, and they tortured him and they beat him. But yet he did not retaliate. Point number two, you're taking notes. He didn't take the easy way out. Look at verse 32. Now as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they had come to the place called Golgotha, that is to say the place of the skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he had tasted it, he didn't drink it. And then they crucified him. They divided his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments, notice with an S, garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. And they put up over his head the accusation written against him, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. He didn't take the easy way out. Notice in verse 32, Jesus is probably exhausted at this point. He's been awake all night. His face had been beaten beyond all recognition. He has open painful wounds. He had no strength to carry the cross. And so as he's carrying the cross up the Via Della Rosa, they see a man by the name of Simon. Simon is from Cyrene. Simon is actually from North Africa. Simon was coming to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover actually with his family. And the Roman soldier looks over at Simon and he says, Simon, he says, or, or you carry his cross. And Simon takes the cross. He had the privilege, might I add. Simon had the privilege of carrying the cross for Jesus Christ up the Via Della Rosa, carrying it to Calvary, Golgotha. Golgotha is means skull in Aramaic. And then in Latin, it would be Calvaria. We have the word Calvary, so it means the place of the skull. And it was given that name because that's the way it looks today. When we go to Israel, we're going to go to Golgotha, and you're going to see as you stand in the distance and you look. I've shown you guys pictures of it. It looks like a, a skull. It looks like a face with two eyes and a nose. It looks like a skull. It's interesting. It's also kind of anticlimactic because they got like a bus station there now. And it's kind of odd. It just feels, you know, when you go to Israel, my first trip to Israel, which was, uh, this will be my fourth trip. My first trip to Israel, I remember thinking when I got off the plane, I was going to see like Jesus and Mary walking around at the airport. You know, you, I mean, you want to get that whole vibe. You know, you think like it's like, like it was in Jesus day and, you know, cows and, you know what I mean? Like carts and, you know, humble people. You know, walking around and stuff, and it's like a bustling airport at Tel Aviv, and you go to Golgotha, and you expect it to be, you know, angels singing or something, you know? Like, ah! And, you know, Handel's Messiah being played stereo or something, and, and it ain't that way, actually. It's like a bus station, and people trying to hustle you for money. Get away from my bus, man. So, but that's Calvary. And isn't it interesting, listen at this, 2,000 years prior to this, Golgotha, Calvary, is the same place that Abraham took a walk with his son Isaac. And remember, Isaac said, Dad, we got the wood, Dad, we got the fire, but Dad, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, what? Son, God will provide himself a sacrifice. 
And it was up there at Golgotha, at Calvary, that God provided a ram in the bush, a ram in the thicket. Same place. Same place? Yeah. God thing, same place 2,000 years later. As Jesus, God is providing himself a sacrifice. Y'all understand, say amen if you understand that. That's, oh man, I can't go any further on that. I don't have time. So while Jesus is hanging on the cross, they gave him gall to drink. This was a drug to deaden the pain because they didn't want him to die quickly. And when he tasted it, he wouldn't drink it. Why? Because Jesus came to do the whole will of God. That's why he didn't drink it. And he didn't want to take the easy way out. Jesus said no to the cup offered to deaden the pain and yes to the cup filled with suffering and shame. And notice they crucified him and they divide his garments with an S in fulfillment of Psalm 22. His garment. Now listen, the Jewish male would wear five garments, a a headband around his forehead, sandals on his feet, an inner cloak that was like a nightshirt and a belt that held it around his waist and an outer robe. It's this outer robe that was seamless and it was very beautiful of what Jesus was wearing. And the Roman soldiers did not want to rip it up. They did not want to tear it and so they cast dice to see who would get it. And they were casting lots, not realizing that they were fulfilling Bible prophecy. Interesting. And so these guys are playing games on Golgotha while God is dying for the sins of the world Pilate posted a sign so everyone could read it. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. I was telling them first service, do y'all realize that Simon or Pilate, he, he, he wrote the first gospel tract? Did you know? Yeah, he said it himself. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Yeah, that's right. You know, someone once said the cross showed man at his, at his worst and God at his best. Nothing great or wonderful ever happened on the cross. Nothing great or wonderful was supposed to happen on the cross. But it was on the cross of Jesus, something great and wonderful happened. Our sins were forgiven. Our iniquity was pardoned and cleansed. Our guilt was eradicated. Our life was transformed by the power of God. And our victory was won. And the love of God was demonstrated to man on the cross. You want to know how much God loves you? You want to know how much God loves you? Look at the cross. Next time you doubt God's love, don't ask him, Lord, do you love me? No need to pray, God, do you love me? The next time you want to know if God loves you, all you have to do is take a look at the cross. Do you realize that Jesus walked the earth and he never looked face to face? Listen, he never looked face to face and told someone, I love you. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. He never looked at someone and said, I love you face to face. Never did. Because Jesus wasn't interested in telling people how much he loved them. Jesus was more interested in demonstrating his love for them. But see, that's not us. I mean, we use the word love for it. You know, I love you, love you. See you later, love you. You know what I mean? Oh, got to go. Okay, man, love you, mean it. You know, hey, oh, love you, love you, love you. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't look at people and tell them he loved them. You know what he did? He died for them. And he showed them. 
And the next time you question whether God loves you or not, all you need to do is take a look at the cross because Romans chapter 5 verse 8 tells us, for God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were still sinners. What saints? Christ died for us. Our third and final point, he didn't come down from the cross. What Jesus didn't do, he didn't retaliate. He didn't retaliate, and Jesus didn't take the easy way out, and he didn't come down from the cross. Look at verse 38. If you're with me, say amen. Amen. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and the other on the left. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, you who destroyed the temple and built it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking with the scribes and the elders said, he saved others, he himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, then let him come down from the cross and we'll believe in him. Yeah, right. And he trusted in God, they went on to say, let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. And then in verse 44, even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. Jesus is crucified between two thieves. Many scholars believe that these two thieves were kind of cohorts with Barabbas. And they believe that, that, that these two thieves had already been crucified. Barabbas was awaiting sentence at that time. So they believe that they were kind of partners in crime. But we want to notice that Jesus was crucified in verse 38 between two thieves. I, I actually love that. You know, and, and I love this quote. Someone once said this, that it was entirely appropriate that Jesus be crucified between two thieves because he is the greatest thief in history. Because when you receive him as your Lord and Savior, he will steal your heart. Amen. Isn't that true? How appropriate is that? And then Luke chapter 23, verse 39 tells us that one of the thieves repented and trusted Jesus and the other did not. And notice they went on to mock him. They mocked him as savior. Notice they said he saved others. They mocked him as king. As if he is king, let him now come down from the cross. And they mocked him as the one who trusted in God. They said he trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. And they mocked him as the son of God. For he said, they said, I am the son of God. Jesus is hanging there between two thieves and people are mocking. You know, the truth is, in some way, we're all God mockers. Isn't that true? You see, Jesus died on that cross and Jesus went to the cross and it was necessary for Jesus to go to the cross and have to suffer and die because in some way, somehow, some shape, some form, we've all mocked God in some way in our behavior, in our lives, in the way that we've lived. We've all been God mockers. So Jesus is hanging there between two thieves and the crowd and the chief priest, they mock. And they said, hey, why don't you come down from the cross and we'll believe? Uh, I don't believe that. You see, if Jesus had come down from the cross, listen to this, they still wouldn't have believed. And if Jesus would have saved himself, that is true. He could not save others. Think, if he came down from the cross, he couldn't save you. He couldn't save me. And coming down from the cross wouldn't have proved he was the son of God. Hey, listen. Staying up on the cross is what proved he was the son of God. And I'm just wondering, they're like, come down, come down, won't you come down, you son of God, come down. I'm just wondering, here's a little sanctified imagination for you. I'm just wondering if Jesus is hanging there on the cross and they're like, come down, come down, come down. Jesus is thinking, come down, I'll do one better. 
I'll come back. <laughs> I'll, I'll come back. He probably is. He's, he's thinking, hey, fellas, y'all just hold on. <laughs> y'all give me 72 hours. Come down. Jesus said, I'll be back. <laughs> Look, that's the best Arnold I can do. That's all you're going to get out of me, all right? That's the best I can do. But see, Arnold got it from Jesus. Okay, ain't nothing new in the sun. And, and Jesus says, I'm coming back in three days. And someday, he's going to come back. As I said, not as a suffering savior, but as a conquering king. Someone once said, this is Friday, but Sundays are coming. Come back next week. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are coming back. And when you come back, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that you are Lord. In the meantime, Father, I pray that we would willingly bow our hearts and willingly confess you as Lord and Savior of our lives. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.